apologize for absolutely nothing. Like, people do not understand how much this rivalry means. I'm talking complete devastation in Ann Arbor. And the Buckeyes are in the CFP. You can't say hung <laughs> sausage on the air. What's up, Buckeye Nation? And welcome back to <laughs> Dotting the Eye with Davis and Jack. I'm usually the positive person, but that was hot garbage. Oh, my God. I'm probably going to lose my freaking job. Dude, are you serious? That's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. I'm sorry, dude. This is not Michigan State. This is Ohio State. We either win or die trying. Go Bucks. OH. What's up, Puck Nation? And welcome to Dotting Eye with Davis and Chad. It is good to be back on. Uh, we are recording on a Sunday, and we're pretty excited. We got a, uh, a nice episode for you today, continuing with our... Uh, series that we have of the uh sweet 16-esque brackets um today is one of my favorite position groups buddy the wide receiver bracket i can't wait to argue uh with davis well i like to argue with davis about everything but i sincerely can't wait to argue with him about this how are you mr davis i'm pretty good um finally out for the summer on summer vacation and yeah well, minus have to work well t minus less than three months until uh football season starts so you know, I'm. It, it's starting to ramp up. Uh, you know, the summer. I enjoy the summer, but I do kind of look forward to when the summer ends because you know football starting. So now, when do you um, when do you feel it? When do you really start to get like excited? When 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 is it like okay, it's time to shift the focus to football? Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, in the next couple months is when we start kind of getting some of those, uh, you know, key recruits that. Um, that finally commit to uh, joining Ohio State and get, you know, kind of some information about, you know, what are the future of the programs possibly going to look like. But realistically, it's right about the beginning of August is kind of when it hits. Um, I listen to a lot of SiriusXM radio, um, the college stuff when I'm in my car. And I mean, they talk a little bit about football and stuff, but this is kind of like softball baseball season, you know, that, that kind of takes more precedent lately. And it's kind of like a low moment. Um, you know, spring stuff's all done. It's really just kind of recruiting information at this point. But really, once August kind of hits, man, that's like, okay, now we're ramping up and fall camp's getting ready to start. Um, then they really start looking over at, you know, the schedules and expectations for the year and preseason stuff. And uh, that's kind of when it really starts kicking into gear for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, usually it's when I, we have our like golf outing that we play in every year. Uh, usually when you're up here for that, you know, for that time, for that weekend. And we're playing. I know summer's winding down, and it's it's time for football. You know, at that point, so I'm I'm always usually pumped up for that. But anyway, yeah, it's it's bittersweet. I enjoy my summer, and I'll take full advantage of it. But I'm never let down when summer's ending because I know football's beginning. Dude, there is nothing in this world that makes me happier than you having to go back to work, and I mean that sincerely. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I knew what I was getting into when I took this job. So <laughs> you keep enjoying working during these summer months, and I'm going to continue taking my next three months off if that's yeah. okay with you. <laughs> All right, man, let's get into it here. Uh, wide receivers, man. I'm excited. Let's do it. So, obviously, our first two brackets that we did, our first one, how many have we done so far? We've done two, sorry. We did our two, quarterbacks running and our backs running backs. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, it's all kind of jumbling because I know we have other ones planned to do after this, too. Um, we have been doing 16 seeds, right? Well, wide receiver is just one that we decided, I mean, if you remember, I called you and I we just sat down there and we were starting to write some names and I have a, like a big, long list. And you're like, well, what about this person? I said, oh, I can't leave them off the list. Well, what about this person? 
Next thing you know, we have like 32 wide receivers, right? And I couldn't justify leaving many of those off of a 16-seed bracket. So we figured, hey, this is going to be a big one. That's why this entire episode is just going to be about this bracket. This bracket is 32 bracket. It's a 1 through 32. So essentially, it's like half of an NCAA basketball field, right? It should be. And you know what? I don't even know if that's enough. I know there's names that we that we forgot on this list as well, and I'm sure people are going to give us some crap about that. But hey, that's man, 32 tr- that's is what it is. That's true. And, and, but in all fairness, we have said this with other brackets and the other ones moving forward that uh, we're kind of doing this over the last 30, 40 years kind of span, you know, in our lifetime. So obviously there's ones back in the 70s, 60s, 70s, uh, probably early 80s that could potentially be on this list, but we don't include them. So um, it's no knock on them. This is just kind of a little more recency bias, but we still take some players from, you know, pre 2000, um, that have been in all of our brackets. So that's kind of how we are able to at least get our solidified round of 32. Okay. So I know you don't have the list in front of you anymore, but I'll go ahead and read them off here. Um, I'm just going to read them in order from one all the way to, uh, 32. And this was the overall order that, they had a ranking, so we're going to have two sides of the bracket. There's going to be a 1 through 16 on one side and a 1 through 16 on the other, okay? So your number one overall seed, and again, we understand you may not agree with how we seeded these, but it was it's insanely hard. If anyone's ever gone through this, like I have so much more respect for what the NCAA basketball committee has to do when they try to rank some of these teams and how much crap you know people give them. And they have tons of people with probably a lot more expertise than what we do you know, trying to rank these teams. So I apologize if you do not agree with some of these, but at least we're going to spark some good debate and hopefully come out with someone that we believe should be ultimately be the best of. Okay. So our number one overall seed is Teddy Ginn Jr. Number two is Chris Carter. Number three is Terry Glenn. Number four is Michael Thomas. Number five is David Boston. Number six is Garrett Wilson. Number seven is Chris Olave. Number eight is Joey Galloway. Uh, Number nine, if I can find it, because my order is all crazy here. Number nine is Marvin Harrison Jr. Number 10 is Michael Jenkins. Number 11 is Santonio Holmes. Number 12 is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Number 13 is Chris Gamble. Number 14 is Devin Smith. Number 15 is Anthony Gonzalez. Number 16 is Jalen Marshall. Number 17 is Paris Campbell. Number 18 is Terry McLaurin. Number 19 is Emeka Abuka. Number 20 is KJ Hill. Number 21, Corey Brown. Number 22 is Brian Rubisky. Number 23 is Brian Hartline. Number 24 is Jeff Graham. Uh, Number 25 is Dane Sonsenbacher. Number 26 is Demetrius Stanley. Number 27 is D. Miller. Number 28 is Dontre Wilson. Number 29 is Devere Posey. Number 30 is Johnny Dixon. Number 31 is Braxton Miller. And number 32 is Kenyon Rambo. And I apologize, man. Like, the order I have to have it is according to, you know, the divided 1 through 16 on each side. So that's why the numbers kind of jump back and forth. But, dude, that's a heck of a list, man. Yeah. I Dude, I just keep thinking – Almost everybody on that list, I, as you were going through it, I'm thinking about like moments in my lifetime. You know what I mean? For each one of those people, which some of them you don't even think about, you know, what I mean? until you read the name out loud and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, 
How about him, you know? But uh, anyway, as long as Braxton Miller doesn't win anything, I'm good. Whatever. Listen, <laughs> I, I'll let you have that. But, you know, I, <laughs> he had to be on this list for me personally. I might have been more biased. I, I do believe there's probably other ones that were more deserving to make the top 32. But his sheer athleticism and switching from QB to to wide receiver in one season and being as electric as he was deserved a spot for me. But you can disagree, which is fine. No, and I do. Yeah. Let's go on. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to go uh, down the left side of the bracket first and go through our uh, eight matchups. And then we'll go to the right side of the bracket, get our eight matchups. And then we'll move on to our uh, Sweet 16 from there. Okay. Sound yep. good? So I'll read them off first. Uh, let's do this whole left side. I want you to go first. <clears throat> and then I guess the right side of the bracket, I'll kind of take the lead. Okay. So the first one is your number one seed against your 16 seed, Teddy Ginn Jr. against Kenyon Rambo. Not much of a conversation I don't think we have to have about this one. Uh, Teddy, not only is, you know, in my opinion, one of the greatest wide receivers of our lifetime at Ohio State, um, he's also one of the best Buckeyes, one of my favorite Buckeyes um, of all time at Ohio State. So not much of a contest here. Give me Teddy. Yeah, same here. Um, I don't remember much of Kenyon Rambo. I do remember the name, and I'm watching him a little bit uh, when I was younger. Um, but it's no knock on Kenyon. He was a solid player for Ohio State, as anyone on this list really is. But as our lowest-ranked seed on there, uh, obviously I think he would probably not move on on this matchup. So I got Teddy Ginn Jr. moving on as well. All right, uh, next one is your number eight seed against your nine seed, Jalen Marshall against Paris Campbell. Man, um, see, this is where it kind of gets interesting. You know, everybody knows that the, you know, the 16 seed and the one seed is going to be easy pickings uh, for the most part. But when you start getting into some of these eight and nines, um, it starts getting a little bit more difficult uh, for me, though. Um, Jalen Marshall, like I said, he had a, he had a decent career. Um, he I don't know, but he was not Paris Campbell for me. Paris Campbell represents something totally different. Um, and. You know, I, I think all around Paris Campbell was a better wide receiver. I'm going Paris Campbell. Yeah, Jalen Marshall, um, he was he was an, an attempt for Urban Meyer to get a Percy Harvin style, uh, style of player. And he was obviously you can't ever be Percy Harvin. I mean, that that's like almost unobtainable. But he was a key part of us winning a national title that year. He was a key part in the playoffs. He made a lot of big catches. Um, I thought he was, he, he's a, a kind of an underrated player. I think, I don't think he gets as much credit as what he should have, but they were constantly trying to compare him to something that he probably really wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do agree with you that Paris Campbell, um, is a heck of an athlete and, uh, Jalen Marshall didn't really have much of an NFL career if I, if I'm not mistaken. And Paris Campbell, uh, Who did he play for? Heavily. Miami? Was it Miami or the Jets? It wasn't long though. I mean, he may still be. If he's still in the league, I apologize. I'm not that much up on the NFL. I think uh, he played for the Dolphins and the Jets. I don't know why that's ringing a bell, but it that might be true. But I know Paris Campbell was you know big with the Colts, and I think he just got traded to the Giants, and he got a pretty big contract. Plus, you know, we watched Paris Campbell and the things that he could do and his speed. I mean, he was kind of like a Teddy Ginn Jr. style speed player. Yeah. So um, I would agree with you that it's a close matchup, but I have Paris Campbell moving on as well as the nine seed. Right on. All right. Your next one is your number four seed against your 13 seed. 
Uh, Joey Galloway against Dane Sonsenbacher. And I know this one's a little more personal for you, so it's not as easy of a matchup as probably what it looks like on paper. You know what? I'm probably going to surprise some people here because I am, without a doubt, a Dane Sonsenbacher fan. We all know this. If you've listened to this podcast for longer than two seconds, you know I'm a Dane Sonsenbacher fan. Uh, just because of the fact that there's something to be said about somebody that can go over the middle, man, like like Anthony Gonzalez did and like Dane Sonsenbacher did, and just get mollywhopped but still come up with the ball and also still know where you are physically. And the best thing about Dane Sonsenbacher for me, man, is the fact that and you and I have talked about this. I can remember watching so many football games where, like, the play is happening. Sonsenbacher's not even involved in the play. But in the background, he's getting absolutely destroyed. Has nothing to do with the play. But he just gets hit, like, end over end and lands on his neck. Like, he's laying over on the sideline. I'm like, dude... The kid could take a hit. I'll give him that. And he's one of my favorite players. But at the end of the day, man, it's Joey Galloway, dude. It's Joey Galloway. Has to be in the top, you know, four or five wide receivers of all time at Ohio State. Give me Joey Galloway. Uh, I'm not going to fully disagree with you, but I got to give Dane Sonsbacher even more credit because he had to play with Terrell Pryor. So. Oh, here we go. Just we because of that, the fire. yeah. Just because of that, he honestly already gets higher up for me. But here we go. Listen, I was a big Dane Sonsenbacher fan as well. Um, you know those guys that you could ultimately trust. You knew if the ball was being thrown in his direction. I mean, he was not the biggest guy, the fastest guy, you know, the best route runner. But you know what? He did his job. He was super reliable, and he was someone that at the end of a game in a crunch time you could trust, and you would hope the ball would go to him. Uh, Joey Galloway is just a different animal, though. He's a special player, like you said, probably one of the top five wide receivers of all time at Ohio State. And it isn't really close, but this is not a complete runaway because of how, you know, what I explained about Dan Sonsenbacher being so consistent. But Joey Galloway definitely has to take this one for me. Oh, yeah, man. He And he also had a heck of a pro career, too. You know what I mean? Uh, for many years. So, you know, you got to take that into consideration as well. All right, moving on. Um, number five seed, Mark uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. against number 12, Jeff, Jeff Graham. See, okay, so here's here's one of those things where we talked about, you know, each of us have kind of different parameters for how we're deciding this. Um, I know, you know, it's who's the best receiver in in Ohio State history is the way I frame the question. But the way you could come to that would be a couple of different ways. Do you look at a guy in the way he performed at Ohio State? Do you look at his overall talent, like who was actually the best receiver? Maybe statistics don't exactly play into that if you feel like he is more of an athlete or a better wide receiver. Or do you take his pro career into account as well? You know, there's several different ways to look at it. And this is kind of what boils down for me. Jeff Graham, I thought, was an excellent player at Ohio State. Um, you know, and honestly, I'd forgotten a lot about him until I went back and actually looked um, in preparation for this list. When I look at Marvin Harrison Jr., man, even though he's still young at Ohio State, even though he still has a long way to go, and the things that he's done, you know, are still yet to be determined, um, especially in this upcoming year, dude, he might be the biggest freak athlete to come through Ohio State in the last 30 years. So, dude, I I have to give this to Marvin Harrison Jr. People may people may hate me for that, but I'm taking I'm taking Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I'm not going to spend much time on this either. I have Marvin Harrison Harrison Jr. going through too. Now, he is even though the 5 seed, he's the number 9 overall seed out of the 32. And some people are thinking that that's a crime. But again, 
I, I don't judge it exactly as much the way Chad does. Uh, I think Chad also takes a lot of, into account of after, you know, how how much of a career do they have after Ohio State as well as another piece of the puzzle. I, I'm more or less right on Ohio State. I might consider some of their post-career, but I would at least have to agree that it's not fair to put Marvin Harrison Jr. up above the other eight guys that were listed ahead of him just because his Ohio State career isn't done yet. Done If it was done right now, he, this is probably where he would be compared to the other ones because we're sitting here anticipating his potential, what he still could be. We saw a lot of flashes of great things last year, but it was still a very small sample size. It's kind of the same thing with, uh, if you remember in the running back one, Maurice Claret. You know, he got maybe what, like a four or five seed. And had he had more than that one year and something more to show, he very potentially could have been number one. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm putting him in the same aspect, but his career is not done. So he has potential that if we were to do this again in the future, he could be the number one overall seed. He really could. So that's kind of why we have him here. So at some point, we have to have the argument, What ha- is this based on what we think he still could be, or is this based on what we've just seen? Because for the most part, almost every other person on this list, it's their career's done, you know, or at least their Buckeye career is done. So that's kind of where we're at. But I have Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. moving on. Let me write that down. All right. So our next matchup is our number two seed, Michael Thomas, against our number 15 seed, Devere Posey. Oh, man. Um, to me, there's not much to talk about here. I thought Devere Posey uh, was good in a time. I'm great, uh, a great deep threat um, at Ohio State. But dude, we're talking about Michael Thomas. One heck of an Ohio State career and also one heck of a pro career. Um, and still going. And still going. So, dude, give me Michael Thomas all day. Yep, same thing here. Uh, again, it's not a knock on Devere Posey. It's not going to be a knock on anyone on this list. I mean, if we... If we kind of don't really have much discussion about the other person, it's not as much a knock on them as it is, dude, that was a special player you're going up against. Like, you know, Michael Thomas is going to be hard to unseat in this in this bracket. So I also have number two, Michael Thomas moving on. All right. Number seven against number 10 is Chris Gamble against KJ Hill. This is an interesting matchup here. Okay, this is where the homer in me comes out because I'm a huge Chris Gamble guy. Um, I always have been. On both sides of the ball, I'm a huge Chris Gamble guy. Um, and it's funny because I think we're going to get to talk about him twice um, when we go through these brackets, uh, which is good. But, um, man, dude, I, I want to say Chris Gamble. The the homer in me, the, the fan in me wants to say Chris Gamble. But, man, I might have to go KJ on this one, dude. So it, it's interesting because Chris Gamble is probably most known for being – one of the last true two-way players that Ohio State's had. Um, he was an outstanding defensive back and an outstanding wide receiver. I mean, he kind of done, done everything. And do you know how many you know plays that he's playing a game and his durability throughout the entire season that he would have to have? You know, his his stats may not be the same as K.J. Hill, but K.J. Hill also played for, you know, four years. I mean, he has probably all of the wide receiver records just because of his length of play at Ohio State. But... When it comes down to it, as a true gamer for me, I know this is a wide receiver bracket, so I really shouldn't be taking into account the defensive side of the ball that Chris Gamble played. But I'm kind of torn here as well. I think if if I'm just looking at it as the wide receiver as a whole, I'd probably have to go K.J. Hill. But 
Chris Gamble maybe as an, as an overall player, though, if it was more of an overall player bracket, I would go Chris Gamble. So, yeah, but, I, I have to agree with you because, you know, when you think about it, there's been very few guys, and you and I have talked about this before in Ohio State history, that are just like that guy. And what I mean by that is like Teddy Ginn. Okay, he could take the snap if you need him to. He can run the kickoff back. He can play defense. He can play offense. Fills water cooler, moves the grass. You know what I mean? Like, and to me, Gamble is one of those one of those freak guys that was like that. You know, um, like I like I've told you before, if if Chris Gamble would have had to take a snap in a game, I wouldn't have been upset. You know, if we were down to that nitty gritty, that'd be the guy you want. You know, right. um, but yeah, I think you're right. When you're talking about the best receiver, we got to go KJ Hill. I think. All right, uh, our next matchup is our number three against our number 14. That's David Boston against Dontre Wilson. I actually like Dontre Wilson, man. Uh, he was kind of the, uh, to me, like the... Uh, He's the, that other H-back, you know, kind of player. Yeah, the Percy Harvard reincarnated. Another attempt at it, yes. Once again, dude, I hate to use the same argument I've used with Michael Thomas and Joey Galloway, but talking about David Boston. And for me... David Boston is going to probably end up very high on this final part of this list. Um, yeah. My entire childhood, I think about David Boston. You know, I mean, some of he, this dude made my eyes light up when I was a kid. So I'm, I'm going David Boston. Yeah, they. I, I find this matchup interesting because they both have pretty definitive highlights against Michigan. You know, um, obviously, Dontre Wilson with the fight where he got kicked out of the game and David Boston um, with his issue. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I find it very interesting that that matchup ended up happening that way. Um, but I also like the way David Boston handled that <laughs> that issue also with Michigan. So uh, it's David Boston for me. But a shout out to Dontre Wilson because, uh, you know, he was an important part. And even though it was never Percy Harvin, every time Urban Meyer did have that role for a player, it, it usually was pretty successful for Ohio State, at least in the Big Ten it did. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. David Boston, number three, is moving on. And that leads us to our final matchup on the left side of the bracket. That is our number six seed, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, against our number 11, Corey Brown. Oh, man. Um, I'm not a Jackson Smith and Jigbo fan. Uh, like I said, I, I'm a fan of him as an athlete. Uh, I hope he does well in the NFL. Um, I've said that, but I also just feel like he has a character flaw. Um. And I think he's a selfish individual. Um, what could he have been at Ohio State? Could he have been one of the greatest? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but I still have to put him over Corey Brown. Sorry. <laughs> at the end of the day, as much as I hate him, I still got to put him over Corey Brown. I, so I, don't, I don't. Yeah. I, I'd i say you're in the, I wouldn't say extreme minority, but most minority in the fact that you're one of the few people that don't like him. I understand why you're disappointed because of how last season panned out. But how much do we honestly really know was his choice, his decision, and realistically what was probably within his best interest? Um, I don't know that. You don't know that. We could speculate that however much you want. I don't think he has a character flaw. I just think last year was mismanaged in a bunch of different ways. Could have been coaching as well. I know they probably should have never tried to bring him back after a couple of weeks against Akron or something like that or Toledo where he – kind of maybe re-injured it, you know, they should have given him more time, then maybe he would have been back and we'd be saying a different tune. I think the more surprising thing is that he was the 12th overall seed and he very potentially could, talent-wise, could have been one of the top five of all time. It's just another one of those careers that we got robbed of what they really could have been. 
Um, and we never fully got to probably see what his potential was because I think he very well could have been a Blitnikoff Award winner. And, you know, he's also playing at the same time with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who we're going to talk about later on this list. And both of those players said that Jackson Smith and Jigba was the better of the three. I still so, think that's them being a good teammate. It, it partially could be, but I'll be honest, mo- more times than not, the players don't have coach speak. The coaches do that crap. But when the players are really saying something about another player, it's usually more times than not pretty true. So I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is actually should be higher on this list. But again, the reason why is because of kind of his shortened career a little bit and some of the uncertainty there that last year. But either way, I do have Jackson Smith and Jigba going to go, uh, above Corey Brown. But Corey Brown was still uh, another really good receiver um, in Urban's era. And, you know, I mean, I think uh, Zach Smith is one of Zach Smith's recruits. Um, for those of you who don't remember, the wide receiving coach that got fired. Uh, that kind of led that whole thing with Urban into finally, you know, retiring. But, you know, don't beat your wife, kids. Well, (laughs) allegedly, allegedly. (laughs) Let's go to our right side of the bracket for our other 16 seeds. Uh, I'll lead the way on this one and then I'll kind of let you follow. So we have our number one seed, Chris Carter, against number 16, Braxton Miller. And no, I'm not going to do anything stupid about bias, even though Braxton's probably my favorite player, at least one of my favorites to ever watch. But Chris Carter is just one of the ultimate wide receivers. I mean, you know, he's not only had an amazing Buckeye career, but he had an NFL Hall of Fame career. And he's just one that it's he's you're going to be hard pressed to find anyone that's going to beat him in the bracket, in my opinion. So I think it's Chris Carter all day. Yeah, I don't think you have to say much about it. Um you know, as much as I'd like to take this time to trash Braxton Miller, if I could, I'm not going to. Um, Chris Carter, dude, all day long. All right. Let's go on to our eight against nine. And this has usually been kind of the more difficult ones to choose. Anthony Gonzalez, number eight seed against number nine, Terry McLaurin. Man, this is a toughie. So Anthony Gonzalez, is, both, both of these players, I feel like are underrated. And both of them were super reliable players. Um, Terry McLaurin was a big team leader. And Anthony Gonzalez was just that that emergency outlet for Troy Smith. And I think for, what, did he play with Justin Zwick? Or, uh, it's possible. I'm kind of going through it in my head right now. Or not Justin Zwick. Who's the one, uh, who's the one after, uh, pro, or after, um, oh gosh, why am I drawing a blank? I don't know why Bowserman's name keeps, it's not Bowserman. Todd Beckman. Todd Beckman, first of all, don't say either one of those names to me. Okay, Jeff. <laughs> Bowserman and Beckman, I just said it. What are you going to do about it? Uh, um, but either way, I mean, this one, you could flip a coin because they both had different values, but very important values to their team. Um, I think, obviously, Tara McLaurin, you would maybe want to favor if it's the coin flip on the NFL career. But Anthony Gonzalez had a pretty good NFL career as well. Um, Terry's is just still ongoing, but Terry's kind of, unfortunately, you know, in an NFL franchise that a lot of players, unfortunately go to have their careers ruined because Washington is terrible, but Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do this as a, as my own. I I mean, I could be swayed to switch my vote if you need me to, but I'm going to go with Anthony Gonzalez. Uh, you're not going to hear any complaints from me on that one. Um, Terry McLaurin, uh, 
great wide receiver. And to be honest, I kind of wish he was matched against somebody else in this pool. Um, I know we don't get that choice, but I'm saying I, I think that people may be surprised who we would take him above uh, in this pool if it were drawn up differently. But um, you're talking about Anthony Gonzalez to me, man. You're talking about one of the most iconic receivers. So I, I'm going to take Gonzo, man. All right. Good deal. Uh, okay, next one, we have our number four seed, Chris Olave, against our 13 seed, Demetrius Stanley. Um, and Demetrius Stanley, he's a name that I do remember as a kid watching him a bunch. And I did like him a lot. Um, he's one of the names that I do recall um, remembering a ton when I was first learning, you know, the game and watching Ohio State. But, you know, to, to Chris Olave is just that, – that was a story that no one expected to happen. And if you remember in the 2018 Mich- Ohio State-Michigan game, he came out of nowhere. And we were just like, who in the hell is this guy, you know? And has, what, two, three uh, TD receptions in that game? Yeah. Uh, what does he block a punt in that game? Um, you know, he's he's someone that just kind of jumped on the scene and then every – you know, every time from that moment, he's just been such a key part of the Ohio State teams uh, in, you know, kind of the post Urban Meyer era. And had it not been for some other wide receivers on that team, he very well could have been, you know, recognized as one of the best uh, wide receivers in the country. Um, he didn't have the size, uh, but I'll tell you what, he was one of the smoothest wide receivers. He made it look effortless, made it look. Like it was the easiest thing to do. Um, super reliable, actually really um, durable for his size as well, which is something that's yeah. underrated. But uh, for me, it's got to be Chris Olave all day. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Demetrius. Um, you know, I do recall, you know, a lot of his playing career and also for him being on like the Buckeye fever and wearing all those really loud suits. I thought it was, you know, my oh, dad yeah. always thought it was funny, um, you know, kind of his style that he had, but. When you're talking about Crystal Lobby, man, one of the things I remember was when he first came out, like you said, he just came out both guns blazing. And he looked like a spaghetti noodle with a football helmet on uh, when he came out. I was like, my God, somebody give that dude a sandwich before he gets killed out there. Like, he gets hit the wrong way, dude. They're going to tear him in half. Uh, and they did not. And he scored a lot of touchdowns. And I like him a lot. So I'm taking Chris Olave. Yeah, and he was not a very high recruit. Was he like a three-star maybe? And the only reason that they actually got him is because they were going to over on the West Coast to like look for someone else. And they were like, hey, by the way, check this guy out. Yeah, and well, it's good when people will take the time to listen because you have to imagine there's probably 300 million people telling you, hey, man, you got to check this guy out. You got to check that guy out. But every now and again, you probably need to check the guy out. You know what I mean? Well, that's what your wife's told me. So that's anyways, just check him out. Just check everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Number five seed, Michael Jenkins against number 12, Brian Hartline. This one's kind of interesting, man. Um, Man, Michael Jenkins. I don't want to talk too much on this one because I don't want to seem biased. Brian Hartline was a really good wide receiver, and he actually had a really good NFL career. And obviously, he's a very important part of Ohio State now. And he seems like a logical choice. But Michael Jenkins was just a special athlete. I have him too in too high regard personally to take him or to remove him in the first round of this bracket. Um, it's not a knock on Brian Hartline. I just think this was a bad matchup for him because I think in a lot of other matchups, I probably would have took Brian Hartline, but I'm going Michael Jenkins. You will not hear any argument from me, Michael Jenkins. Gosh, I, 
Well, I didn't figure we'd argue too much in this first round. Not in the but, first bracket. But really, yeah. once we get down to this next 16, we're really going to be looking at some tough decisions because some of these are already difficult, and it's just in the top 32. So, Oh, yeah. All right, so Michael Jenkins moves on. All right, that gives us number two, Terry Glenn. Number 15, Johnny Dixon. Uh, I would at least like to say this because it's Terry Glenn. Um, but Johnny Dixon did still to this day does not get enough credit for the the type of player he was. He was super reliable. He was a great, great wide receiver. Um, he had a really good breakout year. I think it was what 2018, wasn't it? With um, Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. And even though the NFL hasn't really panned out, he's in the XFL, I believe. And he's putting up video game numbers in the XFL. So he may still get a chance to prove himself in the NFL and all he needs is an opportunity and be put on with the right team and his career could skyrocket. And we could be looking at Johnny Dixon back and saying, man, you know, he was good back then, but you know, we, we might've underestimated how good he really was. Mm -hmm. So I really like Johnny Dixon. I hated giving, you know, bumping him all the way down to number 30, but um, it's just a tough one to rank, man, but it's Terry Glenn for me. Oh yeah, dude. Put it in reverse, Terry. Yeah. You gotta, you, it's got to be Terry, dude. I mean, he's of the elite on this list. Um, and it's going to be hard going forward, depending on who he matches up against, to, to see where that goes. But, yeah, you got you to take Terry here, man. Okay. Uh, number seven against number 10 seed. So seven is Devin Smith. Ten is Emeka Buka. Dude, this one might be the hardest one for me to decide. Uh, because I fully believe Emeka Buka is – I mean, he gets overshadowed by Marvin Harrison Jr., but he is – unreal good i mean he's a five star uh he might have been like the top wide receiver in his class and he has proven to be a very important part of our offense over the last couple seasons um and well mainly last season but you know this upcoming season he could really have a breakout season um devin smith though man he was like the last true ultimate deep threat we had uh, where, I mean, he was kind of one dimensional, but you know what? You still couldn't stop it. And he was doing it against, you know, tons of good talent, Wisconsin in the big 10 championship game. He did it against Alabama. Uh, he did it against Oregon in the national championship game. Um, he was doing it against, uh, Michigan. Uh, I mean, I can, I can still recall like six, seven, eight different big TD catches that he's had, like his TDs stand out to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, his career's been okay in the NFL. Um, I know he's with the Jets there for a while. I'm not sure where he's at now. But if we're talking on overall ceiling, it would probably be a Mecca Abuka for me. But I, I'm still good. That's still me projecting and guessing. And I am more on okay. Where if I had to judge it right now, I would probably have to take Devin Smith. But it's really that's a really difficult decision for me leaving a Mecca Abuka off this list because I do think he is should be at least one of the top 16 best wide receivers as of right now. But some of that is, again, projection. So I'm taking Devin Smith. Yeah, I can see it's the same. Anytime you have a current player like we're talking about with Ekbuka and also Marvin Harrison Jr., um, you know, we are speculating. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, I'm not, an, I'm not a scout. So a lot of people were like, well, why are you taking their pro career into it? Because it reaffirms what I already think I know. But I'm not an NFL scout. So, you know, I'm just judging by my own parameters that I have. And the pro game kind of 
you know, gives me a little extra oomph. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably right. Considering the fact this guy's in the, you know, NFL Hall of Fame, I'm, I'm probably okay on that one. Um, and when I look at Devin Smith, number one, dude, there's something that stands out for me, for him, and that is uh, we beat a team that resides in Greenbow uh, during his tenure here at Ohio State. Um, and if you don't know where Greenbow is, then well, the I'm team sorry doesn't reside in Greenbow, but I know where you're going with. In that. my mind, oh, everyone wow. resides. In <laughs> I know where you're going with it, but they're, te- they're technically in Tuscaloosa. That's fine. Um, and like you said, man, I hate to piggyback off your thing, but you want to talk about a deep threat? I don't know how many better deep threats on this list there are than Devin Smith. Um. And, you know, like you said, at the end of the day, Egbuka could end up overshadowing him when his career is over. I don't know. Uh, but today it's Devin Smith. Man, we take a few weeks off and we just start like agreeing with each other on everything. Or maybe Not I'm yet. fine. Maybe you finally come around and you got some sense and you understand all of the correct things that I've been talking about all these years. It's now, like now, no small. matter what happens on this one, I'm arguing it. I don't give a shit what all happens. Right. I'm <laughs> Just for sake of argument. <laughs> now you got to let it happen naturally, man. Don't force it. <laughs> all right. So we go to our next matchup. It is number three, Garrett Wilson against number 14, D Miller. And I'm not going to talk much about this one other than it's, it's Garrett Wilson. I mean, not only did he have an amazing Buckeye career, um, he started as a true freshman. I don't know if you start right away, but he eventually was a starter as a true freshman. Uh, he was unbelievable and went on to the NFL to be rookie of the year. So I think it's a no-brainer, Garrett Wilson for me. I think Garrett Wilson, well, obviously it's going to be Garrett Wilson in this, but what yeah, but I'm saying ahead, about... Trash talk or whatever you feel like you got to do. <laughs> what I'm saying is I feel like Garrett Wilson, based on what I see from him from his Ohio State career and now moving into his NFL career where he's starting to make a huge name for himself, um, I think he could end up being one of the top Ohio State receivers ever, like successful-wise in a career. Like I can see him doing big things in the NFL for a long time to come. So I'm actually really excited to see how he turns out in the NFL. But it's definitely Garrett Wilson in this one for me. Yeah, I mean, he he's going to finally get a better quarterback um, now that Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets. So you imagine what he did last year with <laughs> Zach Wilson or the backups. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm expecting him to uh, have an even better year, and I am excited to see his career. He's, he's definitely one of the players that, like, we've talked about this before. You know, you have your NFL team. You're the Bills. I don't have an NFL team, but I – from year to year will kind of change based upon what Ohio state players I really like. Like I'm still a big Justin Fields fan. So I root on the bears when I watch them. I really want to watch them play. Cause I enjoy watching Justin Fields play. I'll be keeping my eye on a lot more on the jets this year, just because I like seeing those Buckeyes play. So uh, I'll be definitely a lot of uh, very interested in how his NFL career progresses moving forward. All right. Our final matchup in the first round is our number six seed against 11. It is Santonio Holmes against Brian Rabisky. This one is also one where I'm probably going to have to be a little biased with the NFL stuff, even though it's not something I really considered when I was ranking them. But this one's kind of a toss-up. Uh, I like Brian Rabisky in the, the mid-2000s there because he was another one of those key players that he got a lot of good uh, – he had a lot of important 
responsibility of leadership on the wide receiving core. Um, he was an important part of, I'm pretty sure he was there with Troy Smith, but he definitely was there in, uh, with Todd Beckman and you know, not having the best quarterback sometimes. And you have wide receiver like that, that can help kind of pick up the, you know, the slack. Cause that, I mean, we may be looking at a situation like that this year where we have insanely good wide receivers and we're not entirely sure if we're going to have, you know, maybe one of our least talented quarterbacks in the last handful of years. And if you can do something like Brian Rubisky was able to do, I mean, we still got to a national title game with Todd Beckman, you know, and I'm guarantee it wasn't just him. It's the talent around him that brought him and improved his stock too. So that's why I kind of hold Brian Rubisky in high regard too. But Santonio Holmes, he was, he was a special player that also had an insanely good NFL career with Pittsburgh. So for me, I'm going to pick Santonio Holmes. Dude, you got to go Santonio, man. 2002 national championship winner. He uh, won a Super Bowl. He was the MVP of a Super Bowl. Um, and he ranks in the top five or six in several different categories. Uh, if you're talking about Ohio State history, um, as far as receptions go and and touchdowns. Um, so, dude, I got to give it to Santonio. All right. So we have our Sweet 16 set. Uh, do we need to take a break to listen to hear from our sponsors or do you just want to go right on through? Yeah, hold on. Today's episode is brought to you by we, we need some money. So if you're willing to give it to us, call us. <laughs> this spot could be filled by you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay, let's move on. Let's just plug right on through. Um, so this is where we're going to have a lot more arguments. And some of these may be biased because Chad's wrong and he likes sticking with his opinion. Mm. If he decides to listen to me, then this will go a lot more smooth and probably most of you will agree. But that's just not how he does things. That's, so what what just sounded was that you were going to what that I just heard was you basically telling me that you're going to impose your will, whether I like it or not. And it's just better for me to conform so we can move on quicker. <laughs> That's pretty and, much what you did. Well, I've been trying for 20 <laughs> years. It's not really working over the last 20. So I'm not anticipating it working now. You don't listen to reason <laughs> regardless. So that's why we're in the boat we're in right now. <laughs> All right, let's get to our first matchup. Number one, Teddy Ginn Jr. Number nine, Paris Campbell. Uh, I'll make it short and sweet for me. It's Ted again. Ted again. You good with that? Yep. I don't need to uh, beat him in the second round, dude. We talked a lot about him in the first, so if it's pretty obvious, I think we just throw the name yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th there wasn't much discussion there. Again, we've said our piece about Paris Campbell and Ted again. We'll get more into Ted again later, but that's number one. Uh, Teddy, moving on. Okay, our next matchup it was our number four seed, which is Joey Galloway, and our number five seed, Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, man. This one's tough, again, because I so badly do not want to remove Marvin Harrison Jr. off this list. Because then you're telling me that he is not one of the top eight wide receivers over the last 30, 40 years at Ohio State. Because he probably very well could end up being number one. But again, I have to be as unbiased as I can, knowing what I know now and not projecting and seeing what the careers were at this point. And how much do I really want to take into account talent and maybe what the overall career was? 
I'm I'm sorry. I just I'm gonna go against myself here, and I'm gonna say Marvin Harrison Jr. I can't take him off the list yet. I know Joey Galloway had a long career. He is potentially one of the top five, top four wide receivers that we've had. But I I can be persuaded. But man, if, I, I'm gonna pick Marvin Harrison Jr. Dude, let me let me just read this one thing to you. Joey Galloway finished his college career fourth in both career receptions and 108 sorry fourth in both career receptions with 108 and receiving yards with 1494 and second in touchdown receptions only to Chris Carter yeah because I'm, I'm I agree with you his stats are going to be better because of the length of his career but I'm making my decision solely on talent on this one and I'm going a little bit against the grain dude than what no I have way. done on you're talking ones. about Joey Galloway dude who do you think who do you it. think is more talented? Who has who has more talent? Do you right think now, raw have, talent? Right now, today, that's the thing though. You're you're projecting what where his talent was. I know I am on this one. I'm making this one difficult. Well, because it's Joey I'm, Galloway, my friend. You cannot so do you're talking about one of the most prolific wide receivers in Ohio State history versus a guy that could be one of the most prolific I wide know. receivers in Ohio State. I agree. State. You're not wrong with anything you said. I said the exact same thing, but well then you need to put you what you need to do right now is put some respect on Joey Galloway's name, okay, and move him on to the next round. As much as you don't want to do it, as much as it tastes like a turd, that's fine. But hey, yeah, I'm it. I'm saving face to the voters out there <laughs> that I was I was campaigning for Marvin Harrison Jr. So when <laughs> you get all kinds of crap for just bashing Marvin Harrison Jr., I fought for him, but I caved. Dude, I and, love Marvin Harrison Jr. I just can't take him over Joey Galloway. Not today, uh, maybe tomorrow. maybe tomorrow but not today all right so we have number four joey galloway moving on so that leads us to our next matchup it is our number two seed michael thomas against our 10 seed kj hill i have to go with man similar to me this this thing is toppled by the fact that i feel like they were both had really good college careers but if i look at the overall body of work and the overall talent i think michael thomas is a better receiver man i gotta go with michael thomas that's my just my opinion yeah kj hill um again they're also two different wide receivers kj hill played a lot in the slot um but michael thomas i mean some of the plays that he made his overall talent um i'll still never forget obviously you know the catch he made against bama in the in the semifinal where he caught it and got his toe down like with like half an inch of grass left before you know being out of bounds. Like, you know, it's stuff like that that just made Michael Thomas so special. Plus, you know, hearing, you know, how good of a, a teammate he was, how hard he worked, um, and especially how good his NFL career has been and it just his drive. So it's gotta be Michael Thomas's for me as well. Yeah. All right. So our last one on the left side of the bracket is number three David Boston against number six Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, I'm I don't want to spark a, a, an argument. I do think JSN is probably more could potentially end up being. No, I don't. I I get stuck with JSN. Not because I'm being brainwashed by everyone else trying to tell me how good he is. I mean, I've watched him. I've seen it. But, man, we just got so robbed of what he 
possibly could have been and really understanding what kind of full receiver he was last year, I can't go against David Boston. David Boston, even just for the Michigan stuff, David Boston. Dude, you, you can't go against David Boston here. I was just letting you finish your thought, but I was like, dude, there's no way. I wasn't trying to talk myself into JSN. I just, again, want to make my piece that, you know, you're not high on JSN. I am. I think JSN is probably going to be rookie of the year this year in the NFL. He's going to follow Garrett Wilson's footsteps, and he's going to be the same. The reason I'll tell you this, a lot of people are forgetting this, though. JSN never got to be the man. He was only the man because he had other two receivers on the field that were so freaking good that they just couldn't cover everybody. So what happened had then again in the Rose Bowl when both those players sat out? One game. We're not talking about a career. We're talking about one game. Well, he, then that one game he showed up when he needed to, didn't he? Well, he set records. That's not, well, David Boston had a lot more than one game. So I understand, but he only Boston. had that opportunity that one time. If he had I'm more opportunities, you, it could have been more. He we just don't know. He was surrounded by people, I'm telling you. He's slower than both. He is slow, first of all. Has it, am I the only one that's ever looked at his stuff? Everybody's been blowing him up for all this time. He is slow. He all runs right. like a 4-6. I'll make sure. I'll, I'll send him a message and let him know that you want to race him. I'm and then not, we'll see who's slow. Well, first of all, dude, I am monumentally slow. I am like pickle <laughs> down a window slow. <laughs> pickle down a window slow. <laughs> but I'm just saying I think some of... I think some of his success is Dude, you're just butthurt, man. Just admit you're butthurt about the whole situation. You'll never say anything in favor of him. You downplay everything. You say everything negative about him. You always have something smart to say. Just admit you're butthurt and let's move on. Sure. I'm butthurt. Let's move on. All right. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. I didn't think it was going to be that hard. Okay. So the left side of the bracket, we have our final four over there. So we need to get to our final four on the right side of the bracket. Our first matchup is number one, Chris Carter, against number eight, Anthony Gonzalez. I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Chris Carter. Um, it's no knock on Gonzo, but that's Chris Carter we're talking about. Yeah. Yep. All right, number four against number five on that side is Chris Olave against Michael Jenkins. Um, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Man, dude. To me, Michael Jenkins might be one of the best receivers to ever come out of Ohio State. He really, man. He, he's he's the guy that caught the Holy Buckeye pass against Purdue, right? Yes. And he, well, he's like iconic moment, right? And part of that moment. 2002 national championship team. I mean, yeah. And that means something to me. Um, it does, too. That 2000 team is special to me, too. Dude, Bobby it gets Carpenter, so tricky. AJ Hawk, all those players. Yeah, and when you're when you're talking about guys that that are in that upper echelon of Ohio State receiving, um, as we're getting into now in the second round of this bracket, guys that are in the top ten, and they're in the top ten in several different categories too. Um, it gets really difficult, but dude, I'm gonna go on a limb here. There might be some people in Buckeye Land that're gonna hate me. Uh, I feel like Chris Olave is better, dude. Uh, I'm surprised I wasn't going to have to argue with you there. Uh, my instinct is Chris Olave. Um, yeah. I just think that if you look at a whole body of work, now I understand Chris Olave's had it easier because he's had first-round NFL draft talent throwing to him, and Michael uh, Jenkins had an astrophysicist throwing to him. <laughs> but first of all, not, what are you trying to a, say? Just come out and say it. 
I mean, it's a lot easier for Chris Falave to probably have the stats he does with better arm talent, but he still did it consistently game in and game out and had an amazing career where he worked himself up from not a highly ranked recruit and got a starting position and took a hold of it and became one of the best Ohio State receivers uh, in the last 30, 40 years. So it's Chris Olave for me. Yep. All right. Our next matchup, number two, Terry Glenn against number seven, Devin Smith. Um, This one's fairly easy. It's got to be Terry Glenn. It's no knock on Devin. Um, Terry Glenn is just one of those classic um, all-time wide receivers that, you know, it's it's hard to unseat players like that when they solidify themselves uh, that long ago. I know the game is different nowadays, so especially what some of those receivers did back in the 90s was like, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, you know, when we weren't really, you know, a passing offense and they still put up the stats they did. So it was special back then. So for me, it's Terry Glenn. Oh, yeah, dude, it's it's Terry. I don't have much to say about it. It's Terry. All right, I'll leave this last one up to you until we get to our Elite Eight. Uh, it is Garrett Wilson, number three seed against number six, Antonio Holmes. Dude. I feel like we're going to argue on this one. Oh, man. So here's where I'm at. Uh, I think Garrett Wilson may be a, a more talented receiver. And like I told you in the last round, I think he could end up being uh, one of the greatest receivers in Ohio State history all around. Like, I think his pro career is going to be good. I think, you know, his college career was obviously great. I still think, and I'm sorry, people are going to hate me. Uh, when JSN and Chris Olave and also Garrett Wilson were on the same field at the same time, Garrett Wilson's the best receiver on that field. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel about it. Um, San Antonio Holmes, though, man, I mean, how many Super Bowl MVPs do we have? How many Super Bowl winners do we have at Ohio State? You know, he had a heck of a career, man. It's it, that. It's hard to say if you're if you're asking me who's the better receiver, I think it's Garrett Wilson. If you're asking me who has had a better career and is more accomplished, it's definitely Santonio Holmes. Um, so I guess I, I don't know, man. I'm stuck on this one. Uh, I'll make it easy. Um, it's Garrett Wilson, and if you fight me on it, I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why? Give me the reasoning. Uh, everybody that says that San Antonio Holmes is a Super Bowl winner and a, a MVP and won you a national championship at Ohio State, how can you pin that against Garrett Wilson? Because you argue with me about Marvin Harrison Jr., so it's my turn to win one. That's how. All right, so that's politics, Basically. guys. Let's go on so, to our Elite Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our Elite so we're Eight. Making, so we're, you're, pushing on Garrett, you're pushing on Garrett here. Yeah, it's, I already wrote it down, and I'm writing in pen, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's happening it's already happened it's already happened like i let you All talk right. but it was already done yeah like a, yeah. i already wrote it in after the last round and i was like i don't care what you say that one's happening right, i know so you're gonna fight it? i know you're gonna fire for san antonio holmes and he does deserve to be fought for but it's garrett wilson dude garrett wilson and he proved it that you know like you just said of those three wide receivers that were on the field with him he was the best his first year in the NFL, rookie player of the year, rookie offensive player of the year. I mean, even with not a very good quarterback throwing to him. So, sorry, Garrett Wilson. Garrett right. Wilson probably should be ranked higher than that seed. But, Ooh. again, it's hard, though, because then you look at who really is ranked ahead of him, and then that's the reason why. It's not like we think Garrett Wilson should be a, you know, 
a three seed or what is a what was his overall seed? I can't even remember. Like six overall out of thirty two, but mm-hmm. you know you got to look at the guys in front, and it's hard to like I had said said with Terry Glenn. You know, it's kind of hard to unseat some of these guys that have solidified themselves so long ago. But yeah. let's get to our elite eight. Our first matchup, number one, Teddy Ginn Jr. against number four, Joey Galloway. So now we got our first kind of, I wouldn't say new school, but you have more of a modern age wide receiver and more of your old style 90s receiver. Dude, Um, these matchups here in the last, like... Yeah, dude, these you, ones are going to be rough, dude. They make I, me just want to punch myself in the face. Like, I'd rather no, just punch myself. <laughs> well, don't worry. When I see you again, I'll help you out with that. Because that's the kind of friend I am. <laughs> I'm here for you. I'm here for you, buddy. You just tell me where and when. <laughs> nice. All right. What What do you got here, man? What are you feeling? Man, I'm at this point, I'm kind of going off of just gut feeling. Like, I would have to ask myself, ultimately, all right, so if I was a coach and I had my choice and I had to choose between which wide receiver would I want on my team, I am leaning 60-40 towards Teddy Ginn Jr. So my gut is kind of telling me Teddy Ginn. It's Teddy, dude. I don't even have a question about that. I already knew when it came in. It took me less than a second. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, you're not wrong. You're also not right about a lot of things, but you're not I, I, I knew it was coming. I knew yeah. it. I left it open-ended. Just... Yeah. <laughs> All right. So our next one is your number two seed, Michael Thomas, against your number three seed, David Boston. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Oh, boy. Um, dude. Man, this is tough for me, dude, because... Dude, David I think Boston's it's, pro it's bowler. the same boat, man. Yeah. Uh, but it's Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas is a better wide receiver than David Boston. There, I said it. I said it out loud. I know David Boston's a pro yeah. bowler. I, I I th- I, yes. I think once you get to this this part, I mean, your, your comparisons, I mean, you could sit there and analyze them however you want. Do you want to do it statistical? Do you want to do it based upon what their post-Buckeye career was? Do you want to do it based upon what their – you know, what, what their ceiling was or what, you know, what their specific skill set was. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could base this off of, but realistically, once we get to this point, it's, I wouldn't call it a popularity contest, but you're going to be a lot more subjective here and you can be, and you probably need to be. And yeah, for me, it's that 2014 season, man. And how he was an integral part of helping us beat Alabama and moving on to win the national title. And as much as I love David Boston watching him, uh, I'm going to move on Michael Thomas as well. Okay. So, so we got Teddy, Teddy and Michael Thomas yeah, so, on this side of the bracket. So on this side of the bracket, uh, in the final four, we have Teddy Ginn Jr. and Michael Thomas. So now we're going to go to the other side of the bracket. We have our number one, Chris Carter, against number four, Chris Olave. Oh. Battle of the Chris's to get a spot in the final four. Hey, two Chris's don't make it right. <laughs> um, and all right, guys. So that's the end of our episode. And I appreciate everyone for listening. You can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Hey, dude, once you get older, though, the dad jokes just become. Oh, like, dude, I, I love dad jokes now. And I do it on purpose all the time out in public. And the more awkward of a laugh I can get, the more I enjoy it. 
<laughs> so I'm all about some dad jokes nowadays. I'm sorry. You know I love Chris Olave. We just got done going on a tangent about Chris Olave, but we're talking about the Hall of Chris Fame Carter. receiver. Yeah, the Hall of Chris Fame. Carter. Yeah, dude, it's Chris Carter. I'm sorry. I love you, Chris, but it's Chris Carter. Yeah, and I already wrote him in pen, too, so I yeah. can't erase it. <laughs> so there's that. So there's that. <laughs> Note to self, buy pencils. <laughs> yeah. I was say, buy Davis pencils. <laughs> it's okay. They won't have erasers, and I'll be in the same position. All those are in your golf bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I save them for my golf, my scorecard. <laughs> All right. That leads us to our final Elite Eight matchup. And it is number two, Terry Glenn against number three, Garrett Wilson. Oh, man. Let me go first. And Hold I. Hold on. Have you written anything in pen yet? No. <laughs> okay. We're just. I honestly haven't. Because listen, debate. I, this is a debate. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you where I'm at first. I'm not going to give you much explanation because it's the same. It, we're being somewhat subjective here, but I want to pick Garrett Wilson. Why? Again, it's because that's how I feel. Remember that part when I said I told you how I it's how I feel. <laughs> so why? It's because that's how I feel. I mean, so you're gonna you're gonna I mean, ignore when you're gr- Terry's- like back in high school when that, when your girlfriend broke up with you and you asked why she said it's not me it's you you know. Yeah, it's not me. It's you. Oh, well. wait, it's not you. It's me. It's one of those things. Either way, Garrett Wilson for me. Man, Terry won a Super Bowl, bud. He, he didn't win the Super Bowl, Bowl at Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying right now, if you're the coach and you get to choose, you're taking Garrett Wilson uh-huh. over Terry Glenn. It's on it's your team. Yeah. Sorry. All right. I'm I'm kind of torn with this one, so I guess since you're so opinionated on it, I'll give you Garrett Wilson on this one because I'm I'm pretty much torn, dude. I don't really know. Again, Which it's at this, at this point. I mean, you're you're leaving off a Hall of Famer somehow, a, if not a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer. So, I don't feel bad about it at all. Love you, Terry, but Garrett Wilson for me. Davis won't be getting a Christmas card from Terry Glenn. <laughs> Check. Okay. <laughs> Well, good news. I don't have to send a thank you card back this year. That's true. So who we got left? <laughs> All right. We're our final four. We have Ooh. number one, Teddy Ginn Jr., the number two seed on that side of the bracket. Michael Thomas, the number one seed bracket on the uh, number one seed from the other side of the bracket. Chris Carter against the number three, Garrett Wilson. So our first one to get to the finals is number one, Teddy Ginn Jr., number two, Michael Thomas. It's Teddy. It's Teddy. Man, we sound like we have a Teddy Love Fest, don't we? We do have a Teddy Love Fest, and it's Teddy. <laughs> T.G. <laughs> Jr. Uh, we've we've said enough about both of them to enough extent. Teddy, again, is just too special of a player. Um, elite speed, uh, ability to, I mean, our best special teams returner we've probably ever had at Ohio State, and we yeah. haven't had another one since. Um. In a really long quality NFL career. And he was just, a, he was a fun player to watch. You know, yeah. he was an electric play. He's a Braxton Miller style player to watch him. Don't ever compare Teddy Ginn to Braxton Miller again. Okay. Or, or I'm, or I'm going to return that punch that you promised me. <laughs> or I will, I will strangle you with my microphone wire. <laughs> um, We're agreeing though. Teddy Ginn. Teddy Ginn. To the final, to the overall final. 
That leaves us Chris Carter against Garrett Wilson. I'm sorry, dude. Not not a contest here. The Carter moves on for me. I mean, it is a contest. That's why we're doing this. If it wasn't a contest, then we would have just ranked him. But I think this is where Garrett's road ends. He's Um, time to pack up his jockeys and head to the airport. Yeah, it's over here. This this Chris Carter is just such, I mean, there's never going to be another person quite like him. I mean, eventually when we get to some of these other brackets, there's certain players that you know once we put them on there, it's like, dude, how could you ever take them off the list? And I feel like Carter's one of them, man. So uh, Chris Carter moves on to the finale. Hmm. And that gives us number one, Teddy Ginn Jr. against number one, Chris Carter. It's a little bit of a fight. Like it's, I mean, we, we don't have this stuff planned out in advance. I don't fill it out and you fill it out and we go like we rank them and we just talk, you know? Yep. That's so there's no guarantee. I mean, we try to be as unbiased as we can. Sometimes there's obviously going to be some recency bias in some of this stuff, but look, we have two wide receivers on, and there's here also you and your that pants. haven't even that haven't even played uh, for Ohio State in over 20 years, so that's not mega recency bias. I mean, we've uh, we've not put on Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka, who a lot of people will probably want to argue and say they're potentially top five all time at Ohio State talent wise. They could at least top ten. So I feel like we've been pretty unbiased with this list. All right, man. Well, give it to me. Who are you taking here? I'm going to surprise you, man. I know that you probably think that I'm going to go one way, but I personally really want to pick Teddy, but I cannot go against Chris Carter and just his entire career as a whole and everything that he's meant for the Buckeyes. So for me, it is Chris Carter will win the wide receiver bracket. Dude, Teddy Ginn is my favorite Buckeye of all time. I can say that and mean that. It's never going to be any different. Uh, I, I don't think anybody that comes even in the future at Ohio State could eclipse um, Ted again. I mean, it's a love fest. Like it is. It's the same love fest I have for Justin Fields as the same one I have for Ted again. I don't know that many things are going to happen in the future. Uh, you know, with that being said, I got to go Chris Carter. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and I, knew say, dude, I, have to. Well, I knew you were going to do that because that's that's your M.O. is I'm going to say something stupid and then I'm going to make the right choice because Ben pressured me to do it. <laughs> Dude, but you I, made the right yeah. choice. Now, honestly, you could go either way because you would not be disappointed. If I had to start a team right now and I only had to choose between either one, I would not be hurting with either one I picked. No. I mean, you could honestly, be honest say, with you. You could say that for the top 16 or the top eight or, or maybe almost all 32. And, you know, a lot of people would look at the, you know, the dynamic way that Teddy get it is that, you know, he can play against anything pretty much. He can play any position on the field, really, if he needed to. But my point is, uh, and they might choose him to start their team versus Chris Carter. You know what I mean? But uh, at the end of the day, man, you're talking about, I mean, you just Google Chris Carter and scroll down his accolades, dude. And that's, that's all I need to say. Just Google him. Yep. Good call, man. Well, man, that was a that was definitely the hardest bracket we've done yet. Um, it was probably one of the f- funnest and most rewarding ones that we've done as well. I don't know how I you feel, feel dirty. about that. I feel dirty. Do you? 
I feel a little bit dirty, dude, because there's some people on this list that I feel like, and it's funny because these people have no idea who I am, and they could, you know, they probably, if I was laying on the ground, they'd probably step on my fingers when they walk by. <laughs> like, probably. And have no feelings about it. But I feel dirty. I feel like I did some people on this list dirty. I'm not going to lie to you. It was always, dude, it's always going to be that way. I mean, when you have one winner, everyone else is going to lose. It's the same way, you know, golf I appreciate that piece of advice, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like, typically what happens is uh, the team that scores more points is going to win a game. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to, the this list is just too star-studded. I mean, you know, after looking at this list, is Ohio State really wide receiver you? Because... I know that we had some really quality ones in the past, but now, especially with how we've been trending and even with as good as our wide receivers are now, we still had really quality ones that we still felt were probably the best ever. Like I know you we could make the argument. I, yeah. I think you could definitely make the argument that Ohio state might be the best wide receiver school in the country in the history of college football, or at least over the last 30, 40 years. So I don't know, man, that was a lot of fun. Um, Hopefully we don't run into any more 32 seated brackets because that that I'll tell you what the prep time on that probably took longer than this episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it does. And that's what I was saying, man, that that's enough for an episode in itself. I mean, just just doing that. It's so long, so much to talk about, uh, but it is a lot of fun, like I said. And, you know, we always look forward to doing these brackets and I know you guys enjoy them, too. So we're looking forward to doing all the other position groups. And I think. Like we talked about before, it's going to get really interesting uh, with some of the other position groups that aren't as straightforward um, as this one is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to go through a lot more. Uh, still don't know definitively. I mean, in a perfect world, we'd like to get through every single you know, position group and possibly do some other fun style ones. Um, but we... You know, if we can try to continue to get some more episodes out this offseason, we'll see how much we can get through. And, you know, it's just something fun for us to get a chance to talk about. I mean, uh, hopefully starting on our next episode, we're going to get back into some more current events and things to kind of catch up and see where the program's at. Any important information that's coming out uh, on top of still doing some of our brackets. So uh, if you like what you guys are hearing, uh, feel free to reach out to us, send us a message. Let us know what you think. Uh, We'd always love some new, fresh ideas. Uh, especially during the off season when we have more freedom to do that. Uh, we really appreciate uh, those of you that ha- have reached out to us that are uh, listening, that are sharing our information. You know, we do this for fun uh, in a perfect world. Sure. We'd like to make this thing bigger and better and, you know, see where the, where it kind of takes us. But at the end of the day, me and Chad just really enjoy talking about this stuff. It gives us a chance to, you know, take time aside from our busy lives to talk about the game we love and the team we love. So we appreciate everything, guys. Uh, As always, uh, you can check us out on our Facebook page. Uh, We're also on Twitter, and we are streaming on all major streaming services, uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and more. Uh, We are in the works of trying to get a website running. I'm not sure on a timeline on that yet, but hopefully that will also kind of clean up uh, all of our contacts and make everything easier to find. So there's anything else, Chad? You got anything else to tell them? Nope, that's it. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Go Bucks. OH.